0: It's time to play like a Jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a Jet, what does that mean? Garrett Wilson, wow! What a
1: catch! Touchdown, Jets! That kid's amazing. Gibson on the return, near side. I don't see any flags. Gibson inside the 30, hits the Jets, and he's gonna go! Jets win it! Touchdown,
0: rookie Xavier Gibson, game over. Allen has time, intercepted! Sauce Gardner's got it Allen Tripped up He could not get past Jermaine Johnson Oh look at the speed of Brees Hall He's done it again Brees Lightning 62 yards for the touchdown
1: And he's sacked again by Quentin Williams What a beast Number 95 for the Jets
0: Listen, thank you This is Play Like a Jet My name is Scott Mason You can follow me on Twitter At jet one And it is time for midweek news and notes And so for that, we bring in our friend who covers the Jets for Sports Illustrated, Mr. Nick Ferry. And Nick, what's up, brother?
1: How's everything going, Scott? Happy to be back.
0: Happy to have you back. We did an entire week of shows from the Senior Bowl with my buddy Glenn Naughton, who was down there in Mobile. That was a lot of fun. But it's good to be able to talk about some free agency stuff and some of the more pressing news matters as obviously the draft is still a couple of months away. But we are getting ready to get fully into draft season. That won't happen until after free agency is done. But don't forget, we've still got the combine coming up at the end of February. And then we're going to have a lot of the workouts And the interviews and all of that so looking forward To that but in the meantime the Jets Have to find a way to try and get more draft Picks they don't have a second rounder So there have been a bunch of theories On how they could get one they could trade A pick from next year's draft they could trade Back in the first round they could move up From the third round remember they have two Fourth rounders so they could use one or both Of those to move up if they wanted to One thing that probably won't help them That much is trading Zach Wilson because I don't think the value is going to be there rich Simini of espn had an article about what the jets could expect to get for him i think one of the people quoted said something about trading a night at the holiday inn or something like that to get zach wilson Best best western yes it was best western i don't want to give credit to the wrong swanky hotel chain so that was what one of the guys had said about zach wilson's trade value I've been talking about this for a while. Unfortunately, the Jets are in a rough situation here because Wilson's only got one year left on his deal. No team that trades for him is picking up that 50-year option, which has to be decided on in a couple of months. Nobody is going to commit to pay him $20 million in 2025. So if you're getting Zach Wilson, what you're getting is a guy that you're hoping to turn around to some degree in 2024 And then maybe you forge a good enough relationship with him that he wants to stick around and continue to be the backup and maybe be molded under you for a while after that at a cheap price. I think it's possible that maybe a team like Denver gets him and then throws him into a quarterback competition. I'm not saying Denver specifically. I'm just using them as an example because they don't have an established answer, a quarterback right now. They've got a guy in Sean Payton who has a good track record with quarterbacks and might see the talent of Zach Wilson and think he might be able to do something with him. But I can't imagine that the Jets are going to get anything more than either a late-round pick swap or a conditional late-rounder. Like, for example, it's a sixth-rounder in 2025 if Zach Wilson plays in at least one regular season game or something like that. If you look at how poor his performance has been with the Jets... And you look at how much time is remaining on the contract and how much money he's due to make, which is a couple of million dollars, more than what your garden variety not-so-great backup would make. He's not going to get as much as a Jacoby Brissett or a Gardner Minshew, but probably more than somebody like Andy Dalton. There's just not much value there. So, unfortunately the best Western comment well it might be a bit of a slap in the face it does hold some water in the sense that I just don't see any avenue for the Jets to get much of anything here
1: no and I agree. I think you ask most people um surrounding this conversation I've talked to a few people the basic comment the basic response is well what do you expect you know he had two very good games in 2023. I continue to say it he looked great against the Houston Texans. He looked great against his Kansas City Chiefs. In both games he played really well and was a reason why the Jets were either in that game or won that game. Outside of that though, there's a 10 game, you know, there's a 10 game example of why he hasn't shown enough to be able to compete at the highest level. And I think teams like that you mentioned Denver I think is a good uh, good fit. I think Kansas City as well, Los Angeles, uh they they're pretty much the, the poster child for taking damaged goods and and turning them into something that can really work in the NFL. Now, Um, you look at what they did with Baker and now Carson Wentz. The biggest thing that I will say regarding the Zach Wilson future and, and a potential trade is this. We know the Jets have five draft picks going in. They also could get from from my conversations, they could also get three extra compensatory picks in free agency from last year. So we could be looking at a case where they pick up a sixth, maybe even an extra seventh round. Now, that may seem like pennies on the dollar. But when we talk about a trade for Zach Wilson, that's going to be very important because it could bring added ammo to maybe getting a fifth round pick. You give up a sixth, a seventh, and maybe it turns into a conditional fifth round pick. Uh, All these things are going to be up in the air. Joe Douglas is going to have his work cut out for him, particularly with this trade. Because I think everyone knows that the Jets want to get rid of him, and no one's going to want to pay top dollar for him. So there could be some teams that just refuse to trade with the Jets and force them to release the former second overall pick.
0: One guy that is available without having to trade for him, and is a very popular name among Jets fans, is Rex Ryan. He apparently interviewed for the Dallas Cowboys defensive coordinator job, did not get it, however... People were talking about how it would be funny if he wound up there in Dallas and then Jamal Adams followed him. Jamal Adams, by the way, posting a picture on his Instagram of him in a Jets uniform. I don't know if that means he's ready to retire or he wants to come back and make things right, maybe on a cheap one-year deal or something like that. I will say, with Rex Ryan, I told you this before we started recording, if it was me, I would be happy to collect that fat ESPN paycheck and work a very light schedule as opposed to having to work the very demanding hours that it takes to be a coach in the NFL. Obviously, if Rex Ryan was interviewing for a defensive coordinator spot, he wants back into coaching because it probably would have been something along the lines of whatever he's making at ESPN to, as I said, work a much, much tougher schedule. You only do that if you really want to be a coach, and maybe he felt like he could parlay that into a third opportunity somewhere down the line as a head coach, I'm not sure. It doesn't look like that's going to happen this time. And as far as Jamal Adams, look, I don't think he's coming back here, and I'm not even saying it would be a good idea, but you have to admit, Nick, the Jets three years ago traded Sam Darnold to the Carolina Panthers And they traded Jamal Adams to the Seattle Seahawks The picks they got in those trades turned into Brees Hall, Garrett Wilson, and Elijah Vera Tucker Arguably, their three best players on offense, aside from obviously Aaron Rodgers, if the Jets made that deal three years ago, got those three players on rookie deals, and then three years later were able to bring back Darnold and Adams on cheap one-year deals, Darnold is the backup for Rodgers, and Adams as somebody to play safety, a position that the Jets don't really have very many good players at, it'd be pretty funny.
1: Well, it it would be funny, but it would also make a lot of sense, and we can argue about the semantics of how much money you're going to pay a safety nowadays in the National Football League, particularly a box safety like Jamal Adams is. But the one thing I'll say that sort of gets glossed over in these conversations is this. DJ Mosley's contract is an albatross right now for the New York Jets, and he is going to have to have to restructure that deal at some point this offseason. I'm not saying they're going to release him, but he's certainly a guy that I look at for a restructure and potential. Hey, you know, he didn't really play that well down the stretch. Maybe we have the Air apparent and Jamie and Sherwood ready to go. And then it'll allow someone like Jamal Adams to sort of be that third kind of quasi linebacker in the game, that third safety, if you will. So there could be a, a position for Adams. And when we talk about Darnold, you need a backup quarterback. And, You need a backup quarterback that can be competent. That's the big word, and I've said it all year. Competency is something Jets fans are looking for in backup quarterbacks. Is Darnold a competent backup quarterback? I think a lot of people will say he is. The tape when he was with San Francisco, though, was far more kind of uneasy. He had some really good throws. He also made some really bad decisions. I look at the game against Baltimore against a top defense like that where the game was out of reach. No one was really paying attention to it, but it's not like he sat there and and was tearing the roof off. He was still picked off. It wasn't a very good game for any quarterback on the 49ers in that game. And, of course, it doesn't matter because they're playing for the Super Bowl. So I personally think if you're looking for a backup quarterback, a competent one, a guy that you can trust for a couple of games to start if Aaron Rodgers goes down again – I think you can do a lot better than Sam Darnold. That being said, if he comes the cheapest one, if he's the guy that they feel can run the West Coast offense the way it's supposed to be run, it's certainly an option for the Jets as well.
0: Play like a Jet. Play like a Jet. Nick, speaking of moves that the Jets could make in the offseason, we're obviously diving in on this at this particular point in the year because it's the offseason, free agency is coming up, the draft is coming up, and this is when we discuss what the Jets' offseason strategy could be. You've got a piece up over at SI talking about how far away the Jets actually are and what they can do this offseason. Why don't you talk about it a little bit?
1: Yeah, it's, it's really simple. And a lot of Jet fans, I know there's one, and I, I'm, I feel terrible because I keep forgetting these guys' names, but one particular blog site said that the Jets were so far away it's not even funny to think that they could compete for a championship. And I do believe that's wrong because when you look at what the Jets have under contract next year, they still have the majority of their defense returning. Their offense is going to be returning the key pieces, they need to solidify the two tackle positions, they need another receiver, and they need a backup quarterback. Outside of that, the secondary sort of wants and not needs are another running back to help with Brees Hall and another defensive tackle to really sort of leverage the situation for Quinn and Williams where he can get some single single teams instead of double teams out in the, in the trenches. So when I look at what the Jets have on their team and look at what the Jets need, It's not unlike some of these other top contenders. I mean, you look at teams like the Dallas Cowboys, the Philadelphia Eagles, you know, those are teams that have plenty of needs on their own regard. They have plenty of questions on their end. You look at the AFC side, the Baltimore Ravens are going to get hit hard in free agency. The Cincinnati Bengals are going to get hit hard in free agency. There are a lot of contending teams that are set to lose a ton of talent over the next couple of months. And quite frankly, the only one that you can really see as an absolute loss for the Jets is Bryce Huff. But the be- the beauty of what the Jets did this past off season, whether we agree or disagree in terms of wasting capital, but Will McDonald is a first round pick. He's got talent, and he looked pretty good when he was on the field this year when he was given those opportunities. If he comes in, has a great offseason, season, uh, is engaged, works with Jermaine Johnson like he said he was going to, uh, and he comes out in force to start the season the the Bryce Huff you know free agent departure as many expect is not going to hit as hard this is still a really good defensive line and because of that it really allows you to say that this team isn't that close it's just a matter of finding the right pieces to get them over the hump these are these are contending team problems the second wide receiver uh, a, a backup quarterback those are contending team problems now obviously the tackle position is not it's certainly not but though there are there are clear solutions in place for the jets to come out of this offseason looking 10 times better than they ever did last offseason when they got Aaron Rodgers
0: nick Before we get to some news and notes around the league, there was a funny story involving the Jets the other night at the Grammys, SZA, who's a really talented artist and quite an attractive woman, if I may say so. She was wearing one of those old school Jets bomber jackets, and people were having fun with it on social media, pointing this out. And somebody said that Sauce Gardner needs to date SZA so that the two of them could overtake Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. And so then all of a sudden, people started adding SZA on Twitter and speaking on behalf of Sauce, saying all these great things that he had done. People would say things like, Sauce, I can't believe that time that you pulled my grandma out of a burning building at (laughs) SZA. Sauce, that time that you paid the rent for my elderly aunt. You really are a champion of humanity, things like that. And then I guess Sauce had been playing video games, came on Twitter and saw like 10,000 people sending him random thank yous and had (laughs) no idea what was going on. He just said, why is everybody thanking me? Out of nowhere like this I will say that would be a hell of a power couple Maybe Sauce likes older women Because Sauce is turning 24 this year SZA turns 35 So she's got a few years on him That would be an interesting one And I just thought that that was the exact kind of fun Silly story that we need here In this offseason Is to put Sauce together with a famous singer So that we could kind of recreate That Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey Vibe but for the New York Jets
1: I, what I love most about it is it kind of shows Sauce's age, right? He's just he's playing video games. He's not really looking, checking Twitter, and all of a sudden he looks and he says, "Wait, what? Why am I trending on Twitter? What? What, what did I do? I'm just playing video games here." It's it, it's a it's a wonderful story where no matter what happens, it's still ridiculous. It's, it's hilarious. There's no negative connotation towards this, so I think every Jets fan can appreciate it. Uh, But the one thing that I will say about it is that, you know, Sauce is, what, 24, as you said. This is still a very young team. This is still a young team that's highly energetic, uh, that obviously is always on social media. But uh, it's really easy to get involved and get behind some of these players because Sauce, when I've spoken to him, when other people have spoken to him, he's a great kid. He's a great guy to talk to, um, really, really intelligent. But he also has that fun side to him. Brees Hall, the same thing. Garrett Wilson, the same thing. The the Jets are set with their core because these guys are professionals. They like to have fun. But they also are appreciative of the fan base itself. And I think that's what sort of galvanizes the fans to these particular players.
0: Nick, I remember before the draft when Luke Fickle, the head coach at Cincinnati at the time, said that the more you're around sauce – the more you like him. And I think that was part of why the Jets drafted him at number four overall because, remember, you're not just drafting a player, you're drafting a person. And I think a lot of people... We'll remember with Jamal Adams How he would talk all this nonsense And then in the end, and we discussed Jamal Adams Before, he really ended up being A very different person than what he portrayed A lot of people refer to him as a phony Sauce is the opposite He's just sort of this innocent kid who likes Video games, but also happens To be the best cornerback In the NFL It's just <laughs> He's like this uber Athlete, but also a huge nerd And very likable, so I think that's a big Part of why Jets fans have taken to Him, In addition to the fact that he's such a good player I would love to see him with SZA or somebody like that It would be really funny But Nick, I know that in addition to covering the Jets You cover the rest of the league A lot of stuff going on around the Super Bowl So I wanted to get your take on what's happening down there If there's anything interesting And also, I thought this was a story worth talking about here on the show Just because the Jets we were in a situation a couple of years ago where they had the opportunity to maybe trade out of a pick that was highly coveted for a quarterback and instead stayed where they were, drafted the quarterback, Zach Wilson, and it didn't work out. I think it could be a little bit different for the Bears, but Adam Schefter, who tends to know things, says that every indication he has is that the Bears will take Caleb Williams, the quarterback out of USC, number one overall. That makes sense to me for a million reasons. I won't get into it again, but I think that is absolutely the move. He also said that he thinks that if they wanted to trade back a spot and maybe take Drake May or Jaden Daniels instead, or of course, roll with Justin Fields and go ahead and get somebody else like Marvin Harrison, they could probably get two first round picks at a minimum to move out of that spot for somebody that wants Caleb Williams. He also said that he believes that the Bears could get a second round pick and change, which is exactly what the Jets got for Sam Darnold a couple of years ago. They got a 2, 4, and a 6. He said it's even possible that the Bears could get a first rounder. That one I doubt, but if you're the Bears, I think, and you can get a second rounder for Justin Fields and get Caleb Williams on a five-year rookie deal, you would now have Two second rounders that would be high in this draft plus you could get Caleb Williams and the ninth overall pick you could continue to build pieces on that offense maybe another offensive lineman maybe another wide receiver or even Brock Bowers or something like that you got to think that if Caleb Williams plays anywhere near to his potential over the next couple of years with these building blocks they've been adding Darnell right in the draft last year DJ Moore and some of these other draft picks they could be a team to reckon with pretty quickly so I think it's interesting what's going on there in Chicago. Like I said, I would keep the pick, take Caleb Williams, and trade Justin Fields to the highest bidder. But they've got a lot of potentially good options there. And then the Super Bowl is going on right now. Lots happening down there. So talk about what you're hearing there too.
1: Yeah, a lot of conversation about what's going on with Chicago and what they're going to do. And you know, rightfully so, it's it's really. If you're a bad team, and I think this is the best way I can describe it. If you're a bad team, but you have draft capital and there's a plan in place within your organization, it's very easy to get behind that plan because you're looking for answers. But you also see how a path can be built to becoming a contender. You know, we looked at what the Rams did. The Rams were so terrible in the early 2010s, and they became a power because they had such early-round picks, and they hit on those guys. Jared Goff was a hit. Todd Gurley was a hit. Uh Aaron Donald was a hit. All these other guys that were just consistent hits and it grew and grew and grew. And the Rams ended up winning a Super Bowl because of that. Uh, and because of all those picks, and they were able to accumulate accumulate all that. So the Bears are kind of in a similar situation where they got DJ Moore and then they traded for Montez Sweat from, from Washington last trade deadline. And they essentially can get the pick right back if they trade Justin Fields and get a second round pick and I certainly think there's going to be some takers Uh, the Atlanta Falcons come to mind the Denver Broncos come to mind where they will look at Justin Fields and say this is a guy that we can win with if we just have the right offensive system in place Um, so I think it makes a lot of sense that the Bears are are the talk of a lot of different uh, conversations right now because of Caleb Uh, and obviously a lot of people are talking about this to rule because you've got Arguably the best quarterback in, in modern history and, and Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs potentially becoming a dynasty winning three of the last five championships. Uh and the 49ers, a lot of people talking about that as one of the better teams that haven't won it. And can this be the year uh that they finally get over the hump? Can this be the year that Kyle Shanahan finally gets over the hump? A lot of questions, a lot of conversations about that. <clears throat> the one thing though that I've taken away from Super Bowl Media Day, where it's quite interesting and leave it to the 49ers to be like this. But I, I think there was a comment made, what was it, by George Kittle or Debo Samuel, where they're essentially in this weird flux where they are pounding their chest saying, look at us. We made the Super Bowl. We don't have any rivals because we blow everyone out. They made a comment like that about the Philadelphia Eagles. I think it was yesterday. But then they kind of went back and said, nobody's counting. Everyone's counting us out. They all expect us to lose, uh, which is quite interesting, the sort of flip-flop that goes on. But, again, they're the NFC contenders. They're the NFC champions for a reason. Um, But there's a lot of back and forth going on. But I think the one thing you kind of see with media day, the 49ers look like a team sort of on edge a little bit where it's, hey, we need to do this. We're the best. We know we're the best, and we're going to go prove it. And Kansas City is very relaxed. They've obviously been there before. They were there 12 months ago um, already. So they're a team that looks relaxed, reserved, and ready to go. And the 49ers certainly look like a team that is just biting and scratching, just waiting for kickoff. And it's going to be interesting to see who starts out fast because if you remember last year, Kansas City fell in a 7 nothing hole, but it was a back-and-forth game up until halftime where Philly had stretched their lead out to ten. And they, you know, of course, came back in the second half. I wouldn't be surprised if something like that happens this Super Bowl with San Francisco so focused on this game and it's just so immersed in what they're trying to do and trying to get everyone to talk about them. And Kansas City's not always that case.
0: Before we run, this just broke. Chad Alexander, who a lot of people thought might actually get the assistant GM job with the Jets now that Rex Hogan had moved on has himself decided to move on. He will be the assistant general manager of the Chargers. Alexander, of course, a longtime associate of Joe Douglas. They go all the way back to their days together with the Baltimore Ravens, coming up as scouts. Alexander was director of player personnel here. Question, of course, that is going to be asked is, was he in line to get that job that Rex Hogan just vacated? If not, why not? And if so, why would he choose to leave and go to the Chargers? So, either way, it is not exactly commonplace for two of the top guys. In a front office going into a pivotal offseason To leave in such a short time frame So we'll see how this shakes out But not ideal Especially since these guys are probably familiar With some of the scouting work The Jets have already done For the 2024 offseason Hopefully the Jets have a quality contingency plan For the losses of both Rex Hogan And Chad Alexander Nick Faria covering the Jets And the NFL in general too For Sports Illustrated Thanks so much for coming on and talking about the midweek news and notes with me, really appreciate it. Make sure you check out everything that Nick is doing over at SI. And Nick, you can be followed on Twitter where people can engage with you there too, right?
1: Yes, absolutely. Nick underscore Faria, F-A-R-I-A, 1720. That's where all my stories are coming out. Uh, that's where all the videos are coming out. We do, I do football with Faria. I try to do it daily, but uh, it's been a pretty crazy couple of weeks. But we're going to definitely get back into the swing of things as draft prep and free agency uh come to the discussion so we're definitely gonna have more videos up we're gonna have more film sessions a lot of new stuff coming for for all the people willing to watch check out
0: everything nick is doing and check out everything we're doing at playlikeajet.com. plus make sure you give us a five-star review for the podcast on itunes if you haven't done that already easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing doesn't take you much time doesn't cost you any money but it goes a long way to help us out so if you could go ahead and do that for us we'd be quite grateful and for the latest and greatest in new york jets podcasts and content you know where to go that's Play Like a Jet Digital and PlayLikeAJet.com.